He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. The, the annex, as I said, kind of it's the high tech, low touch. It's the high tech, low touch offering. But what that means is that technology is here to enhance the guest experience, not replace it. I think with a lot of short term rentals or accommodation spaces that are powered by technology, the guest experience is forgotten about. When you arrive to the annex, you traditionally walk into a lobby and the ground floor has life and culture to it. We have a beautiful wine bar. We've got a programmed uh, event space. We have a cafe. So there's life that exists at the hotel, but the technology is there to allow you to interact with the space in a very modern way. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast again your host will slickers and i'm really excited to jump in because we're going to talk about hybrid properties today and i got my main man from the annex hotel out in canada ryan how are we doing today we're doing fantastic well thanks so much for having me on the show of course well i always love to give the audience a little backstory uh getting to hear you talk on clubhouse a couple months back uh, through a mutual connection of ours mr francois uh, with Enzo Connect, and uh, it was really cool. And after the, to look up the property and see uh, what you guys are doing, I was like, yo, we got to have Ryan, GM of this hotel, uh, on the show, get to geek out a little bit. You have a really cool background, um, so just really excited to jump in. But let's kick it off. Where does your journey begin, full and full? I love it. Starting point is always a fun one. Um, I grew up in and around the hospitality industry, specifically hotels. I had a mother who was with Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. So from a young age, me and my brother were the ones who got to bounce around to all these fantastic properties and experience what we thought was free ice cream when you're really just charging things back to your room. Um, And that's where the fascination started for me. I was always curious about the other side. How do you create a guest experience? So Right out of high school, I started working in housekeeping at the Fairmont Pacific Rim and kind of took on a number of progressive roles from there. And I've had stints overseas uh, with some larger chains in North America. I've been with Airbnb, Sonder, uh, most recently here at the Annex. So I feel like I've done a little bit of everything. And in the last kind of five to seven years specifically, it's been a heavy emphasis on on tech, so to speak, in this space. So enabled hospitality. No, that's really cool. And I, I love that that this industry, you can get so much experience by doing a lot of of everything, a lot of, a little bit of a lot or whatever you want to uh, call it. 
um, it's it's really cool because we have such a fluid industry that you can take any experience from you know Fairmont Hotels to Pacific you know was it Pacific Rim Housekeeping Department and then down to Airbnb and Sonder and now the Annex is super cool. Yeah. Um, so tell me, like as a kid though, how cool was it to be floating around the hotel? Kind of like kind of like you own the place, right? You just, can, did it feel like that as a kid? It's kind of that uh, outrageous Conor McGregor walk with the robe. <laughs> I, I feel like you don't really understand at that age how much goes into making you feel like that. But I think when you experience it from such a young age, it becomes kind of a part of you or in your blood. So yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's incredible industry. It's, it's, it's fun. Well, you didn't know anything else different, right? So it's like, this is what you've known. And that's kind of cool to see it play out as a career. Um, Now tell us about your, your experience with going from housekeeping. You, like, what was that like for you going from that to then did you, where'd you go to after? Was it Sonder or Airbnb? Yeah. So I was, housekeeping was my starting point within the industry. Um, it became, I think, obvious to me very early on that I wanted to do a little bit of everything to kind of be an ultimate generalist in a way and see yeah. where that led. So from housekeeping, took on a number of progressive roles, front of house, guest services, front desk. Um, front desk is a bad word, by the way. We'll get yeah. into that later. <laughs> So uh, from there, it really kind of just, it naturally materialized. I mean, um, post, let's call it traditional hospitality. When I went to Flatbook at the time, which is now Sonder, mm. that's when I started to jump into the real estate acquisition side of things, like actually acquiring properties for the brand. Um, and then from there, again, it was it was business development rules, but always having a strong, strong fundamental understanding of operations. And in my most recent role, or with the Annex right now, that's really kind of everything coming together in one place. Because yes, you're overseeing the operation, but it's very, very much so building out the tech stack and continuously finding ways to differentiate yourself from other tech-driven operators. So mm. it kind of comes full circle in a weird way. 100%. And I, I'm i curious to know, because you and I have a very similar I, I was a background. I wasn't with Airbnb or Sonder, but like being a GM of a hotel and then also getting to really get embedded from you know housekeeping to maintenance to front desk, the bad word, uh, all this other stuff. Did you see the flaws in the industry of overcomplicated systems or checklists and other things? And is that what kind of drove you to kind of shift more towards the technology side of things, uh, getting into the position that you're in now? Um, because for me, that's why I was, was like, and why are we doing it this way? Why does it have to be so dang complicated? And that kind of actually, that question always drove me to keep pushing. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll be honest, I think early on, you don't necessarily see it because you don't know any better, right? You think that's the way it's always been done. But as I started to transition away from more of a traditional operation where you've got the front desk, the systems are from 1983, um, and got into the, the technology space, specifically with Sonder and Airbnb, I saw that there was an opportunity to solve inefficiencies through technology, um, but also enhance the guest experience at the same time. I mean, specifically the front desk by eliminating that and allowing guests to access the room immediately. You've solved lineups, you've solved an unnecessary kind of touch point and it's what people want when they arrive is just seamless access. So it's things like that and applying that to all parts of the business, both on the front end and back end. Yeah. hundred percent. And do you feel like with technology, because I think a lot of people, um, even myself, sometimes I'm guilty of putting on like this facade of like, technology enhances all this operations and guest experiences, but the technology takes work on the back end. Like there's things could go wrong. A smart hub could stop working and disconnect from the Wi-Fi, or something can happen. Right. 
So with that, like, what do you think outweighs? Like, do you think the old system and processes outweigh the little headaches and hiccups that happen with technology or is it the other way around sometimes? I like, I like that question. I think it's a bit of give and take. Like, look, I think that the um, intention of old school processes is correct. Like when someone's coming to a desk, it's that moment of joy or delight or like that initial experience, but there's other ways to do that. Um, Obviously more efficient ways, more seamless ways with tech. Yeah. There's things that go wrong from time to time, but I'd say the fail rate um, is so low with technology these days that like you kind of build it into your operation and it's very easy to use the opportunity to, enhance a state like we're talking less than five percent fail rate on things like access so i'd say you're actually more inclined to make mistakes in the old school way than you are through technology it's just the guest experience is different in both of those situations yeah i think you and i talked earlier too about you know giving the guests the opportunity to have the interaction that they want um so not waiting in line but being able to come down and enjoy a drink in the lobby with maybe a front desk or guest service staff member or um, you know, even the GM yourself, like being able to just, Hey, go ahead, check in your room, your room keys open, AKA your phone, uh, go settle everything down and come enjoy a drink with me at the, at the, in the lobby or whatever that may be. Um, you know, let's get to get to hang out and talk and have that connection. Uh, if they want it, right. Like it's that the opportunity is there, right. So that's, uh, is that some, come, is that something that you kind of envision with this whole technology role into the hospitality space? Yeah. I mean, for us specifically here at the Anderson, as we expand the technology or tech stack to be specific is here to remove task oriented work. What we're looking to do is everyone that we have on site. And I mean, we can do it very lean. We can have one person per 40 rooms. Um, they're here to enhance the guest experience, given that the guest wants that type of an interaction. It's more like you see Will in the lobby and it's not behind the front desk. It's hey, welcome. Like assuming you've completed your online check and they go up there. Like, yeah, cool. Why don't you come back and join us for a drink? As you said, that's a very different experience than like assisting someone with a check-in, so to speak. So technology is there to remove task oriented work for us. The people we bring onto our team is there to enhance the guest experience. And I, I always try and keep it simple, like never blur those two lines. How do you do that? Like, how do you, I, I can imagine those lines getting pretty blurred. And as a GM, like you become a good generalist, but how do you, you know, how do you make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, it's uh, it's setting up systems so that the hospitality is learning less for guests. I mean, um, we're a mobile first operator, which means you interact with your phone. You don't, when you get to your room, there's no hotel phone. There's no 55 page book telling you how to contact room service. Like it's made apparent through communication that your phone and text is how you interact with us. Yeah. So people get used to kind of texting us like it's their friend. It's a very casual interaction. And then again, it's the staff that are on site. We've trained them in a way and kind of empower them to really go above and beyond, like go drop off their favorite drink at their hotel room, like try and find ways to go. uh, I'll say to instill traditional hospitality into their experience um, through many different avenues. So it's to answer your question. It's like, you really just have to set up systems that set everyone up for success and the technology included. I mean, as you know, if tech's not properly set up, it can be the biggest headache in the world. But if you use it as it's intended to be, it can be very complimentary to to your offering. 100%. And I love that you're talking about like, it's supposed to eliminate the tasks and you know, uh, the struggle of the AM, the mid shift and the PM checklist at the front desk on how like, how much of a nightmare that whole process is. Because like you said, the more tasks we, we have to do as operators on that side of things uh, definitely increases the chance of failure where 
we miss uh, checking an OTA to make sure that our channel manager is somehow not disconnected and sending in false reservations or missing information that is pretty dang important, like dates of arrival or guest credit card and name. It just comes in like, I don't know. There's so many things that happen uh, from past experiences. I just think about, I'm like, yeah, this totally makes sense on systemizing this stuff to get it out of the way. So that way when I'm on shift, I'm not worried about, you know, what did the morning guy do or not do? Uh, I can really just say, all right, here are the people I get to, you know, surprise. Here's, here's how I'm going to, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to even help my team um, in, in other ways? So I think that's always the most important part. Um, so you have a, you have a hard, but fun job on, on the side of everything with annex. So I think it's pretty unique. Um, I want to go into your experience with Sonder and Airbnb. So tell us about like, what was that journey going into these big companies? You know, as they've one has gone public, one is trying to go public or about to go public. So what's that like being on the early on ground floor with that? Yeah. Um, those were pivotal moments in my career. I mean, when I joined Sonder at the time, again, called Flatbook, it was a team of really focused people with a common goal. And I mean, Francis was incredible in, in leading the charge there. And there was a lot of people who, who doubted what his mission was, but uh, that aspirational larger than life kind of objective has played out. And it really coming in, it was, how can I contribute? And it very quickly became like, what are your, what are your specialties here? How can we leverage the best of everyone we have on board to create something that hasn't been accomplished yet? So Growth, learning, um, just like general sense of accomplishment would be kind of how I'd sum up Sonder. It was, again, by far, like probably the most incredible work experience that I've had. And that's where I've met some of the most incredible people. And it's been fun to watch their journeys, some of who are still with Sonder and others who have left to do significant things in the industry, start their own companies and whatnot. So that was a really good introduction to kind of the tech enabled hospitality space specifically in the short-term rental world and when the opportunity came up with airbnb i felt you have to take that like you can't say no to airbnb if you're in love with hospitality um kind of our generation it's i don't know to some it would be the dream job so to speak so that was another incredible experience i wasn't in at airbnb as early as i was at, at saunder being employee number 47 but at airbnb it was an established business. It was an established startup. Um, and it, it was a different type of learning. It was like, okay, here's, here's how things kind of work at scale. So different experiences um, with both companies. I'd say that Airbnb was extremely guest-centric and about kind of servicing the guests. And Saunder at the time that I was there, and of course they are tailored towards servicing their guests as well, was really like blitz scaling a concept that had been proven out on a small scale. Yeah, for sure. And we've we've seen that whole Airbnb like guest focus versus host focus is is 100% true. Like we all know it. They're they're very much guest favored. Um so with that like what were I don't know, I just I think about all the the opportunities to to learn so much different stuff. Like what is it like being in a ground floor level of a company that is more established but um, everybody knows like, right. Like you, you, you say Airbnb to your friends and family. They're like, Oh sweet. I know them. You say, you know, uh, let's say another brand. I don't know. You say Pete's coffee. They're like, Oh, what? Who's Pete's coffee? Like I've never heard that. Like Starbucks would be the one that everyone would know. Um, so what's that like being kind of like having that inside scoop? What, what does happen, 
uh, when you're in a room like that with, with people that makes sense. If I'm even asking the right question. No, I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, it was very apparent from day one at Airbnb when you walked in that this was a very well oiled machine yeah. uh, from everything like your arrival experience, the training, the people you're around. Um, and I'll reference the word culture, which is a buzzword in this day and age, but yeah. it really felt like there was a unified kind of effort taking place. I mean, you're on a floor with thousands and thousands of people. Like it's pretty crazy that you can speak to anyone there and there's immediate synergies or similarities. Mm-hmm. So I'd say they've, they've really nailed what it means to have like a cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone there was extremely like motivated. Um, but at the core of it all, everyone like was still, was still there with the overall goal in mind being like guest experience, we're kind of the thought leaders in this space continue to pave the way for others. That's awesome. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best in class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best in class tech and integrations to remote access guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. So what was the leading moments or or turning point for you to... uh, leave Airbnb and then did you go straight to the annex or what, what's the, the journey from uh, let's say C to D? Yeah. Um, Airbnb was awesome. Again, it was established and I'm someone that always likes to challenge myself, learn and contribute mm-hmm. uh, in the spirit of transparency. It, it kind of, you're a soldier when you're at Airbnb, like it's yeah. a great work environment. It's good, but I mean, there's so many pieces there to make it possible that you really have a specific task and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, that's your lane. You stay in it. Uh, this opportunity with the annex came up and I was actually interviewing for the annex at the same time I was interviewing for Airbnb. Okay. And I took Airbnb at the time and everything seems to come full circle and has worked out, but I'd been watching them the entire time as to what was taking place. And it was really, and still is a unique operator. It's kind of that beautiful blend between traditional hotels, short-term rental approach of like the Airbnb style accommodation um, with a really heavy emphasis on tech. I mean, mm. we like to refer to ourselves as Toronto's high-tech, low-touch mm. hotel. And the opportunity here was to was to grow, contribute, and really build something. Um, so it was a straight jump from Airbnb to here, but it was an equally as exciting one, just slightly different. And I mean, we're now at the stage where we're about to take the Annex blueprint and start introducing this to major cities across North America, which is going to be really exciting as well. No, that's awesome. And for the listeners that don't know, can you describe the annex? Like I look at the website and it's super beautiful, clean. Like you could definitely tell it's like it's tech enabled. Like that's the, I think the high tech, low touch that you just said was a perfect way to describe it. But um, what is the, like if you were to be in an elevator and pitching the annex to somebody in a minute 30 or less, uh, what would that be? Perfect. Clock starts now. (laughs) The, the annex, as I said, kind of it's the high tech, low touch. It's the high tech, low touch offering. But what that means is that technology is here to enhance the guest experience, not replace it. I think with a lot of short term rentals or accommodation spaces that are powered by technology, the guest experience is forgotten about. When you arrive to the annex, 
you traditionally walk into a lobby and the ground floor has life and culture to it. We have a beautiful wine bar. We've got a programmed uh, event space. We have a cafe. So there's life that exists at the hotel, but the technology is there to allow you to interact with the space in a very modern way. So it's what I refer to as the future of hospitality. It is how people are going to start traveling and want to travel. Um, so just trying to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. And you guys probably saw a huge pickup and maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like describe what it's like with COVID, you know, hotels and the overall tradition of what we saw in 2019, uh, we're doing, you know, they were doing pretty, they I actually kind of still are doing pretty bad when it comes to, uh, you know, revenue and numbers and occupancy because in the beginning and before, you know, pre-vaccinations and everything that, people were really hesitant to be in common spaces like that, you know, in, in a close vicinity at check-in, uh, the the elevator, all that stuff. Like what was that like for you guys on the sense where people were able to bypass a lot of that stuff and get rid of that fear of, all right, how many you know people am I going to come in contact with uh, on my, on my journey to my room uh, versus now that they have that bypass. What's a, was that a sustainable model for you guys during the beginning or is there a dip? What could can you describe that? Yeah. It's, it was, it was very validating for us. I mean, obviously in inception in 2018, people's first interaction with the brand is typically, oh, that was cool. Yeah. And cool was the word that was tossed around come pandemic. It was less, this is cool. And it was, this is how it should be. Like, this is how you should experience a hotel. It was the, it was the expectation, so to speak. And I mean, you'd get a lot of inquiries or calls asking, how does your hotel work? What's your front desk like? And you explain the concept to people and they go, oh, okay. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And to get specific, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're talking March 2000, March 13th, 2020 was doomsday here in Toronto yeah. and kind of around the world. Shortly after that, um, our focus became less of how are we going to drive the most revenue during this period of time to how can we serve our community given that we have a very unique space. And we actually hosted um, healthcare workers or frontline healthcare workers mm-hmm. in our hotel at no cost to them for three months. And we had zero cases or instances of COVID wow. just because of how you interact with the building. I mean, yeah, there's no keys. There's no unnecessary interaction. It was very much you come. It's enabled by technology to access and you're into your room. You're communicating via phone. The only on-site requirements for us were was anything maintenance related mm-hmm. or housekeeping, which was done in a very strategic and safe way. So we dubbed that the heroes in our hotel initiative um, and we've really just doubled down on that since it's like yeah. continuing to find ways to to make this that much different in other spaces and, and how a hotel we think should be run in this day and age yeah and you and i talked about like this sped up the industry a lot but do you think this like sped up the learning curve that guests had to go through from going to a traditional hotel to a mobile high-tech enabled hotel where they probably would have asked a lot more questions like how do i get my door code to work versus now it's like oh all right like was that was that a learning curve that kind of disappeared? Do you think it sped up compared to uh, uh, you know what we're seeing in, in the previous years? Yeah, um, I think it's it's kind of it's twofold. Like yes, it absolutely sped it up. People have been forced to adopt technology, whether they like it or not. And I think because the underlying tone of COVID was always there, and safety and contact and yeah. being distanced was a part of people's normal routine they were less inclined to ask questions of like, why is it done this way and kind of understand that it was there to help them. But for us, it wasn't anything different. Like we've always operated this way. So it's been 
really interesting to watch the adoption of technology, both from operators and guests Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. And I think it probably sped it up by five to seven years. Like you look at large operators like a core and whatnot now with mandated within five years, they're going to be completely contactless in terms of access. So I think this is going to be a very exciting time for the space again. Sweet. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, For you, for you, I guess like, what's your, did you, um, did you ever have like guests ask uh, either you or your staff like, oh, did you guys do this because of the pandemic? Like, did you go all contactless because of COVID? Or um, like, and if they did ask you that and you told them no, what was the look on their face? I'm, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> um, we got a few questions for sure. I, I think one of the biggest things I noticed was pre-pandemic, our demographic was probably a little more targeted than it is now, where it's now more wide ranging. Like we're talking get people who are in their 20s but you also get people who are in their 60s and yeah. it's kind of cool to watch them interact with it because they understand it now it's yeah. like they've become the tech experts of like very easy to use tech and this time they feel proud of themselves so it's uh not so many questions about like oh did you guys do this during covid but more so how do you do this and why did you set the business up this way because by default it kind of I mean, COVID was, is an awful thing, mm-hmm. um, but it may have been a blessing in disguise for our operations specifically yeah. in terms of just getting more people to see it and interact with it. Yeah. Well, as one of my friends uh, at Noiseware said to me in the beginning uh, when I was on the test sites for COVID-19 was that, uh, you know, COVID could probably be the worst but best thing to happen to the industry because um, of the shift that's happened across hospitality, you know, throughout the whole yeah, not not just vacation rentals or hotels, but restaurants and the way uh, you know uh, Uber and other like platforms like that operate now uh, is so different, and so um, it's very interesting. But I'm curious to know for for you guys, um, when it comes to your tech stack, like my biggest, I think hurdle as we keep moving forward to like tech enabled, you know, everything um, is consolidation of tech. So not having to have 20,000 different logins and tabs open in order to make a simple function, right? Because that just kind of defeats the whole purpose of automation and technology, in my opinion, like having it so spread out across the board. How do you guys consolidate your tech stack? Yeah, that's, I think you've nailed it. That's the win, right? Um, Tech looks very different in 2021 than it did in 2018. I mean, if you saw our V1 tech stack, it's like the the old school way to do a tech stack. It's, as you said, many moving parts. You're living out of multiple different kind of browsers, apps and whatnot to create this illusion of perfection or this this seamless experience for the operators and guests. Now that's probably the biggest, biggest kind of focus is okay. With the open API, how do we drive this into a single source so that it is extremely seamless and can be operated essentially off of a phone? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've spent a lot of time kind of building out connections and things like that and ensuring that the different pieces of software we're using um, are multipurposeful. Instead of using three different tools to accomplish individual things, we find tools that allow us to knock off multiple things. To get specific, like looking at yield management, automating housekeeping, communication. There's a lot of tech platforms out there now yeah. that are starting to bring this into to one space, as you know. So um, simplicity is the name of the game for us. For, and for you guys, did you have to pick certain providers or did you guys build a lot of the stuff in-house? Yeah, it's a combination of proprietary tech um, and third party. I think that <laughs> with the amount of time, money, and resources that some of these companies are spending on technology, it's it makes sense to work with them. I mean, yeah. I'll reference people like Operato, um, 
they're just continuously pushing the needle and like, it's something as simple as access, but they find ways to always be two steps ahead. I mean, if you're to build that out on a proprietary level in a year, we're going to be where their V1 was like five years ago. So uh, proprietary tech for sure, where it's necessary and using the best of third party software that's readily available, but connecting all those pieces um, to make it the all encompassing puzzle versus one piece or the other. Cause as you know, it's, um, it's important that you have a tech stack that accomplishes everything. A lot of the software allows you to do one thing within yeah. an operation. Yeah, definitely agree. I think we're seeing a lot of vendors, uh, whether it's Operto or you know any of the others uh, on not just Access, but like even PMS is becoming channel managers because they realize like, why are we just you know, operating inboxes and calendars, we need to be like syncing with these channels. And like, there's a lot of money, not only a lot of money to be made, but there's a lot more uh, value add to, to have people join that software, that program. Um, so it's interesting to see that more companies are realizing that we can be multi-purpose, um, you know, whether it's texting and all these other things that you wouldn't think a backend software would do, but they're adding it in there to kind of, like you said, keep that simplicity. It's pretty interesting. Um, I have a fun question for you since that you're a tech guy, uh, like me and an operations guy, I really want to know what, like, if you had a prediction that you were going to be like hundred percent, I will put a thousand dollars on right now that it'll come true. Uh, what is your prediction for the upcoming, I guess, shift with this whole vacation rental hotel hybrid model, uh, that you see happening in the future? I really like that question because it's like, it's so open-ended in the sense that it can be answered <laughs> in many different ways. Um, I think that technology in the accommodation space is I'll refer it to. So short-term rentals, vacation rentals, hotels, is it an interesting crossroads where what's going to materialize from all of this is the first operator that's able to service all three of those def- demographics under one umbrella or under one roof um, and really kind of establish the next wave of what I'll refer to it as cool hospitality is like Saunders now an OG in the space. Like you look at all these companies out there that are are tech enabled that have established themselves and they're doing well. I see a huge opportunity for a new type of operator. Um, I'm actually very optimistic in terms of what we're up to, but I also know that there's others who are going to emerge and I'm really excited to see, what the next generation of hospitality looks like. Um, There's always going to be a need for 500 room hotels. There's no question about it. But I also think that there is a completely underserviced market where it's like you can touch down Costa Rica and have a tech enabled vacation rental that feels like a hotel, but it's accessible on like Airbnb. So you're nailing kind of multiple different things. Um, And they're actively in the works. They're being built, but it's experience. It's kind of complementing that with technology and then just bringing, I think, culture and lifestyle into that as well. That's a huge piece that's missing in the, the tech space is the culture and lifestyle yeah. um, component. We've actually made a recent signing that's extremely exciting. Um, but that, that's that's where I see it going. That's awesome. And I, I think it's funny just hearing you say, like, the next generation of hospitality. is like, man, there once was a time that you and I were the next generation of hospitality. And now to think, like, the future of it we're already looking down at another generation that's it's stepping up to the ranks. It's going to be crazy. So, um, man, that, that just took me for a loop just thinking about that. Uh, but no, that's super cool. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think, uh, you know, everything you said was pretty much spot on. So I'm not even going to add more to it because it's that good. Um, awesome. Well, Ryan, I just, I think, uh, I want to ra- like wrap this episode up with you, but, uh, for anyone who's listening, as you know, 
everything's in the show notes. But where is the number one spot for people to find you or the Annex and where they can learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So find me. LinkedIn is my primary platform. Um, pretty active on the space. Very and active. Outside <laughs> of that, uh, discovering the Annex, check our Instagram page out at Annex Hotels. Um, our website, www.theannex.com. Um, without giving away too much, we're in the works of some really exciting stuff right now, Will. Uh, we're redoing our website. The Instagram page is, is about to take off, and I don't say that with nothing behind it. We've actually just signed on Daniel Caesar as a chief cultural officer with the Annex Hotel, which is uh, no small accomplishment for a, a little 24-room hotel yeah. out of Toronto, and two other partners, Eric Lachance and Chief Bosampra. Um, so we're really going to propel this thing to the next level. Tech is the focus of our operations. Culture and lifestyle is the, the focus of our brand and interaction and growth is next for us. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Check us out for sure. Oh, I can't wait. And I love that the, the Instagram is not the Annex Hotel. It's hotels. <laughs> it's plural. I love it. It's exciting yeah. times. I love it. Awesome. Well, you heard it, Slick Talkers. Go ahead. Check out everything in the show notes. Make sure you check it out and stay at this beautiful property. If you can get a room, who knows? They're probably going to be fully booked by the time you try. So you never say, uh, never say I never told you so. You know what I'm saying? All right. Thank you guys so much and tune in again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.